0: I'm Kenzie Wilver, and this is Food 52's Burnt Toast. Before we get started with today's episode, I wanted to let you all know that this is our last show of the season. Thank you all so much for listening with us this year. It's been a lot of fun. And now, here's today's show.
1: It's a sunshine thing. Like a song that you sing, you're watering the seeds and pulling the weeds, and it blossoms in spring. And when the work's all through, you'll have a pumpkin that you grew. driving night and day out to have Moon Bay for a memory or two. Just one of my chores working outdoors. It's this is
0: Leonardo Urena from Napa, California. 1,404
2: yeah. pounds. Leonardo, yeah!
0: 1, pounds. yeah. Oh, Leonardo. Hey, Leonardo. Wow. Leonardo Urena has broken the California state record for the biggest pumpkin three times. He's grown the largest pumpkin in the United States once, and he regularly flies to other countries to teach them how to grow giant vegetables. He was just in Japan, and he helps run a seed exchange with growers in Spain. You just heard him winning second place at the Half Moon Bay Giant Pumpkin Way Off in Northern California. It's considered to be the Super Bowl of produce contests. These days, he'd probably think that 1,404 pounds is child's play. That was in 2008. He'd been growing giant pumpkins for eight years. These days, Leonardo wants to be in the 2,000-pound pumpkin club. All of this started casually when he was growing pumpkins for Halloween one year.
3: In the year 2000, Lee and I started thinking about growing not only Halloween pumpkins, but he said, he mentioned, uh, Leo, why don't you grow giant pumpkins uh, so that uh, we can put one in the front porch and then... If you grow two young pumpkins, you get to take one home and I get one for myself and then uh, you can we can both show it off at the front porch and I said, oh, I like it, I like the idea.
0: Leonardo came to the U.S. from Mexico on an invitation from his brother who was already working at a farm called Hudson Vineyards. That's when he met Lee, the owner, and soon he started working in the fields and the vineyards, building fences and doing what needed to be done. Eventually, he became a production manager, supervising the gardens, the landscaping, and the livestock crews. Leonardo worked at the farm for 15 years before he and Lee decided to grow their first giant pumpkin. And that first one came in at 632 pounds and won fifth place in a local competition. This was the moment Leonardo was hooked.
3: I always say that that, uh, I like... uh challenges and I like to compete with uh, with other growers and and uh, that's why I I just wanted to switch and and grow a giant pumpkin because it was there was this was like a challenge and I said okay I like challenges and I want to just keep growing them every year and see how how far I can go
0: Here's Lee the owner of Hudson Vineyards
1: The thing that we're asked more frequently than anything I can Kind of think of is that why do you do it? I mean what why do you grow can you eat these? Uh, can you eat a giant pumpkin and you know no you can't but you can't plow a field with a thoroughbred horse um, and if you think about how fantastic horse racing is it's a little bit like the effort it takes to grow a giant pumpkin um, of hundreds of hours um, caring for it nurturing it protecting it from sunburn making sure that the leaves don't wilt making sure that 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 fertilization is at its at at always at its peak and that it never goes into a decline um and is always moving forward getting bigger and larger and more beautiful growing orchids means that that's really something that's all about the beauty of the flower, or raising a racehorse, or growing a giant pumpkin. Um, it's, a, it's, it's about the endeavor and the intent, and the spirit that's required to do it. That, that's the reason why.
0: After that first pumpkin, Lee gave Leonardo the space to make his pumpkin patch bigger. That year, he grew 10 plants, but then no one ever saw him. There was way too much work. So you can picture it, each full-grown plant takes up around 700 square feet, the size of a cozy New York apartment. Leonardo was tending a patch bigger than a whole floor on a modest apartment building. The next year, Leonardo cut back to six pumpkins.
3: When I reduced the number, my my family was much happier, and uh, You know, I always get this good support from my wife and kids.
0: Is it true that the wives of the pumpkin growers are called pumpkin widows?
3: Yeah, that's correct. That's what they call us.
0: (laughs) There's a lot of work that goes into growing a pumpkin that's basically as big as a smart car. And growers like Leonardo, most of them are doing all of it after their other jobs. Hence the name pumpkin widows. So what exactly are they doing? Lee gave us a quick 101.
1: You know, pumpkins are dioecious, which means that they they have male and female flowers on the same plant in different organelles. You have flowers that just have stamens and some flowers that just have pistils. So you, you bring pollen to the female flower so you control the pollination. So you pollinate three consecutive female flowers on the main trunk and then You follow those three for about a month and the biggest and most well positioned and the finest formed and the one that you think has the right blossom in and looks like it's not going to split, you remove the other two.
0: Before you get to the point where you strategically bet on one pumpkin to be a racehorse and you get rid of the others, you sprout the seeds and transplant them like you might any other vegetable. The only difference is that these are hulk-sized seeds. They come from other giant pumpkins. And there are tons of things you have to watch out for as these pumpkins grow, especially in the first 40 days.
3: You need to give a good precision on the main vine. If you don't give it, it's kind of split. Uh, They can easily get sunburned. And then, if, if they get sunburned, they can get kind of like bruises. Of course, you need to pay attention on, on water. Water is important. And then also, if you over fertilize, uh, they can easily um, break on the on the stem or on the blossom end because they they grow sometimes super fast. When they're 30 to 60 days is when they grow the most. If they if they gonna grow over 2,000 pounds. They can grow uh, over 45 to over 55 pounds per day. I have to spend time and and be more more careful with this than kids sometimes.
0: (laughs) A pumpkin grows for about 115 days, so it's almost four months of babying this giant gourd, watching it closely and whispering it sweet nothings.
3: Yeah, let me tell you that I do play music.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What kind of music do you play?
3: Ah, romantic music. And the first year I started playing music, it, it, it was because there was a, uh, a mouse kind of chewing around my pumpkin, and, and I said, well, I better bring a radio. And uh, I brought a radio, and I think it scared the mice away, and then I said, huh, my pumpkin is growing happier, and and it, it's kind of, well, next year, I, I'm i not going to think about it. I'm just going to play music to him, And, and it, I thought that it if it doesn't work it doesn't hurt
0: keeping mice and rats away from your patch with ballads is a good old trial and error but leonardo told me that a lot of what he knows came from other growers
3: no matter how how um how many years you've been growing you think you know everything no no nobody knows everything <laughs> that's why we share ideas between growers you know and we we try to communicate and and uh, keep that good relationship between bro- uh, growers uh, all over the world. We all, all work together, and, and then uh, we share ideas with uh, any grower who, who contact us, because that's the way I started, you know, uh, sharing ideas or asking questions, and, and that's, that's uh, the way we're doing it and still doing it no matter what.
1: Pumpkin growers in general are a very unique and unusual group of people. They, um they're fiercely competitive, but they're also incredibly generous with their information and sharing. So there's this kind of interest in wanting to do the best, but also inspired by helping others.
0: And that makes Pumpkin Growing one of the most paradoxical competitions out there. You have this big group of people sharing secrets and exchanging tips and techniques, and they're all headed to the same wayoffs. offs. They all want to win. In the Bay Area, where Leonardo and Lee grow, there are seven major competitions. The contest you heard at the beginning of the episode at Half Moon Bay hosts anywhere from 60 to 80 growers from California and the surrounding states.
2: Well, I'll tell you, the first year that I went to um, Half Moon Bay for the pumpkin contest, I wasn't expecting very much.
0: That's Christina, Lee's wife and the co-owner of Hudson Vineyards.
2: I was completely um, I mean, people are, there are, you know, hardcore fans of certain pumpkin growers, of this whole process, and, you know, it was the middle of the week, and there was, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people there, and um, people just, the energy and, and saying hello to each other and wanting to meet a pumpkin grower, and um, it was really a subculture that I never knew existed. You know, it's something so magical about what, what they're doing, and it draws all kinds of people
0: in. They're all competing for the world champion title. Currently, that means growing a pumpkin over 2,624 pounds. If you do that, there's $30,000 in the cards. But even if you don't and you still win first place, you get paid for every pound your pumpkin weighs. This amount ranges, but it's usually around 6 or $7 a pound. Which means that last year's winner, Cindy Tobeck, an elementary school teacher from Washington State, took home over $11,000 for her 1,910-pound beast. But first, you need to harvest the thing.
3: When we harvest pumpkin, it's like, like, uh, um, of course, myself, I'm kind of nervous because on the pumpkin itself, you'll see that it's, uh, during the growing season, you see that it's growing, you see that it's okay, thirst or the pumpkin itself, you'll see the the top and sides and back and forth, but the bottom you don't know how how it's gonna be. When by the time you pick it up, you know it's kind of like, is it gonna be okay when I pick that up? And we always find surprises. And when when we harvest it, we kind of uh, kind of pray before we go to the pumpkin patch. Myself, I do, I do pray. So <laughs> I hope. And I, I, I said that uh, I hope my pumpkin is OK in good conditions. All this hard work pays off, you know. And, and then, of course, go out there into the garden with a bunch of growers. And they're all cheering up and saying, well, good luck. I hope everything is OK. Don't be nervous. Everything will be OK.
0: Lee describes picking the pumpkins up as a moment of reckoning. If there's a hole or a large soft spot, you're disqualified from competing. Or if any crack or blemish turns into a hole, that's it. You can't enter. That happened to Leonardo one year. After he spent the entire season growing, every pumpkin split.
1: Oh, yeah, it was a heartbreak, right? There's a heartbreak. But you exhale and you go, okay, let's keep moving. But I, I, I think that, you know, you, you, it's like every heartbreak you. If you didn't try, you wouldn't have the sense of the taste of success. I suppose that's what it is.
0: Leonardo grew his biggest pumpkin to date last year. It was 1,937 pounds.
3: Well, you're always shooting for a bigger bigger number. You know, I was shooting for 2,000. I was kind of shy, but uh, uh, this is, the like I always say, this is not the Olympic Games, you know. This is like the Kentucky Derby. Every year in Kentucky, you know, every year you get to, to you have a challenge to, to do. And then that's why we're coming strong this year. And I hope weather and luck and the right seed and right plant grows uh, 2,000 pounds pound or bigger than 2,000, you know, that's that's our goal.
0: When they started this, weight was the goal. They wanted to grow the biggest pumpkin. And that hasn't changed. Leo is still after that 2000 pounder. There's a lot more he's gained from chasing it for the past 17 years.
1: Pumpkin's really allowed him to become a citizen of the United States and learn English and be respected as a citizen of the United States. I mean it's it's he is a such a well-respected individual. He's a really remarkable man. I uh, we we wouldn't be the company we are without him.
3: It's kind of shy when when they ask you questions on on top of the stage, and sometimes you just like, oh, I don't know, <laughs> just uh, get interpreter or get something to help you out. But uh, like, it's not easy. But as a second language uh, speaker, but uh, but it's. I'm trying, I'm trying still, but <laughs> hopefully I can, I can achieve that uh, shortly. One of the reasons I, I'm doing it is because it's such a therapy for myself. Keep, keep, keep me occupied and, and then uh, at the end, my brain is kind of relaxing at the end of the day and I go home, I get to see my family, do my chores around the house before I go to dinner, and then I sleep like a baby because I'm tired, exhausted during the working hours.
0: (laughs) Leonardo's pumpkin this year could end up weighing 2,000 pounds. It could also crack or have a hole when they finally lift it up in October. But to the hundreds of people who will get to walk past it when it's put on display at their local grocery store, neither outcome will matter.
2: I wish that we could just take footage of people's reactions and what they say about seeing a pumpkin that big. Uh, because most people don't believe that it's real, and they like, there'll always be all these scratch marks on it because people are like scratching it to see if it's really a real thing. And they, their commentary and what kids say and what old people say, and it's just it's a really really funny to just stand out there and and hear what people are saying about the pumpkin, and and it's just a, such a wholesome kind of wonder that you know we just. We don't have a lot of opportunities to hear those comments anymore.
0: This episode of Burnt Toast was produced by Gabrielle Lewis and me, Kenzie Wilbur. Thanks also to Amanda Hesser and Merrill Stubbs, the founders of Food52, and to Andy Bowers at Panoply. Our ad and theme music is by Joshua Rule dobson and all other music is by Blue Dot Sessions and Signal Sounds NYC. Our logo is designed by Abby Lossing. You can leave us a review on iTunes or say hi on Twitter. We're at Gabrielle L. Lewis and at Kenzie Wilver. Thanks so much for listening.